You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, January 3rd. The 49ers are prepping for a sort of like anticlimactic ending to their season in their week 18 game against the Rams. But it's not without its discourse. So joining me to talk about, uh, you know, the questions and thoughts we all have for this game is John Chapman, Wayne Breezy. How you guys doing today? Happy New Year, by the way. I hadn't talked to you guys since the New Year. So happy New Year. Well, happy New Year, Steph. It's it's good to be here in the new year and our first show of the new year. Hey. John, it's good to see you again. Uh, and and look, it's it's still 49er football. We got a couple, we got about, about a month and a half left, uh, and then we'll be hoisting that Lombardi trophy, the sixth one, and I'll be at the parade and shortly arrested after that. So this is going to be a great season, a great end to the season. I can tell you that right now. I, I do like that uh, Steph Swert rocking the Super Bowl 29 oh, yeah, uh, shirt. I saw it's that. Beautiful. I saw I'm about to go that. get my, find my hat. I got a hat somewhere. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, glad to be here with you guys. Uh, this, this is awesome. And the cool thing is there's so much to talk about because – you know, we're, we're kind of doing this one eye forward, one eye where we currently are. And right. so obviously the Rams game this weekend, that's still taking place, which, you know, is interesting because it doesn't really matter to us or the Rams. But at the same time, man, bigger, better things moving forward. And that's what 2024 is all about. So I'm excited about this show, excited about what's coming. I love Wednesdays, man. Wednesdays are just an absolute. I, I love these times. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, Wednesdays are always a fun show, and and you said it, John. It's it's been kind of hard, quite frankly, to not look ahead, uh, to you know the divisional round because we know that the 49 that's the next meaningful game the 49ers are going to be playing, um, and so you know I hope the 49ers aren't thinking that though. I hope they're focused on the Rams. It certainly seems like they are. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan on Monday indicated that. He'd be thinking through which players would rest and which would play. Uh, Debo Samuel joined the K Adams show yesterday, and he seemed to think or expect that he would play. I'll share that clip right now of what he said. So I feel like we'll play um, this game for a good bit just to keep the groove going and not, you know what I'm saying, take too much time off. I feel like we're going to be going this week, like, as in practice hard and continue to do the things that we do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we just got to keep building and, you know, uh, we haven't played our best ball yet, so um, we just got to continue to get better and better each day. So I, I think it, it's not a bad thing. I know that some people have mixed feelings about it. Like, why would you risk the injury? There's other people who, you know, want to see the starters out there or at least don't want it to be an easy game for the Rams necessarily. Um, but we know when it comes to Debo Samuel, um, he knows how to take care of business against the Rams. Shout out Wayne for this tweet here. Uh, he posted this 49ers Debo Samuel is 8-0 in the regular season against the Rams. He's had 45 receptions, 618 yards, three touchdowns, 25 carries, 144 yards, four touchdowns uh, rushing. So, man, he's he's been everywhere for this team. And it kind of sounds like he's going to be – you know, doing Debo things out on the field on Sunday as well. Uh, Fred also joined KMBR yesterday and said that his mindset is playing this week. 
And guys, I think we've kind of exhausted the rest versus rust discussion like in one day, like already it's <laughs> like we've been beating a dead horse with that one. But regardless, it seems like most all like of the healthy players may start this game and play a bit, as Debo said. But if you guys could choose one player to rest in week 18, no matter what, um, who would you choose? And and I want the live chat to chime in on this too. And keep in mind that injured players like McCaffrey, Ambry Thomas, Jair Brown don't apply. They're not going to play for this one. But anyone besides those players, if you had to pick one, who would you be resting? Ah, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big. My philosophy is let the players play, uh, and then you kind of start pulling them out. But if, they, if it had to be one player to rest, um, it would depend um, on the health of, uh, like, Jalen Moore. Because I think, I think we could let Trent Williams take the week off, give him a couple of weeks, because you want him fresh, dressed like a million bucks in the playoff. And if there's one person I don't have to worry about being rusty, win healthy, though. Win healthy, that's the key. It's Trent Williams. I think Kyle Shanahan spoke about... Like, I mean, there's things he he's he still has to catch up to and he takes time off other than that. But he's probably the most professional professional out there on the football field. He's been doing it for, what, 14 seasons. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, what's what's another week off for Trent Williams? So if I had to pick any player, it would be Trent Williams. Now, that would suck for the 49ers offense because, it, you know, not having him out there, I just feel like it's a domino uh, ready ready to fall, effect ready to fall on that offensive line. No disrespect to our offensive line, but we know when Trent's out there, the offensive line is upgraded. Uh, and so with him not being out there, okay. But this would be cool because now we can see what the continuity will look like, uh, you know, and, and get some reps for these other players. If Jalen Moore is good to go, that would be great. If you got a makeshift to offensive line and put McKivitz on the left, actually, if McKivitz starts at left tackle, it might be fine opposed to having to switch things up uh, in the middle of the game. But yeah, it would be, it would be Trent Williams for me. I think that's probably the the most common answer. The chat, you know, is Trent, 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 Trent. I'm gonna go weird, even though I think Trent would be my number one as well. I'm gonna go Diamador Lenore. Um, one, I think he's kind of pivotal to just everything, whether it's outside or slot. But also, uh, selfishly, I want to see Jason Verrett. I want to see if he can mm. be the backup you know, that we need if an injury happens. Because if an injury does happen to Charvarius Ward, Ambry Thomas, or Demo, who have all been great, who's that fourth corner? That's what I want to see. So I want to see, selfishly, can Jason Ferret go out there and be that guy? He only played five snaps in the Ravens game. And I want to be honest with you, all five snaps, I graded him out positively. The touchdown that he gave up, I felt like he had perfect coverage for four seconds. Um, after the end of that, I get it. You know, you definitely need to be docked for that. But... Man, I, I want to see what the depth is. And so whenever I ask my, the question, how do the 49ers like, have an early exit in the playoffs? Injuries, somebody can't step up, somebody gets taken advantage of. This Week 18 game is a wonderful opportunity to figure out what you have depth-wise and see who can play. So I, I'm excited about this. Demo would be my answer. And you know, one of the things I want to say that, <coughs> excuse me, whether it's Debo, Kyle, Kittle, Fred Warner, Every one of them are saying the same thing. Hard practice, hard practice, hard practice. They're all echoing that. So even though we're not going to get to see it, you get better this week whenever the cameras aren't around. 
Well, that's part of the reason why Kyle Shanahan, when he spoke with the media on Monday, was kind of saying, like, don't expect that all the players are going to be out or all the starters are going to be out. One, because, you know, that's impossible uh, mathematically, but also because you don't want guys practicing different. Like, he emphasized that. And Kyle loves practice. Like, it means a lot to him. How guys practice, he truly feels like that's how they're going to play in the game. So um, he doesn't want guys to expect to not play and practice different, build bad habits. So I, I totally agree with that aspect. I think that's a good one. But I agree. I think Trent is like the most valuable guy on this team in terms of like if you had to just pick one guy, he'd be my my go-to to just have rest. But I see some people in the comments also, you know, pointing out, okay, if Trent's not going to be there, I don't know how I feel about Brock Purdy being out there without Trent because that puts him at risk. So would you also be mulling like, you know, giving Brock Purdy that rest? Personally, I think – you know, the rest will be beneficial, but he's going to get rest anyway. So I think I'd want to see him play in this game at least a quarter like John uh, Hines in the comments here uh, maybe proposes. But do you think that's kind of part of what Kyle's thinking, too? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. But, you know, God forbid Trent goes down in the game. You're going to have to put a guy out there anyway. So at the end of the day, you might as well just see what you can get. And like I said, it really depends on like Jalen Moore. I really like Jalen Moore. Uh, coming in at left tackle. Now we've watched, and 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 if I can just give people and, re- and let them rewind, we've seen Colton McKivitt start for Trent in this game at the same damn time, just a different year, and McKivitt's probably had the greatest game of his career against a much stronger Los Angeles Rams defensive front, right? None of those guys are there anymore other than Aaron Donald, and so I don't think this matchup would be too much if McKivitt's had to start at the left tackle, let's just say Jalen Moore, the issue would be the right side. But you know what's been consistent all season long? The issue being on the right side. And so, like, I like whether Trent plays, whether he plays for a quarter, I don't think that really hurts the chances of – it, it does up the ante of the risk of Brock Purdy. But at the end of the day, Brock has made this offensive line look good, and I think he'll still find ways to continue to do so. And so I don't think it's a big thing. I just think for Trent Williams – you, you want him 100% going into the playoffs. He's going to get beat. He's going to get some wear and tear in this game, whether it's a quarter or not. So if I had to pick one player, that's why I would pick Trent. I'm not really worried about Brock Purdy and the offensive line. Where did he get hurt in the NFC Championship game? Left side or right side? Yeah, it was right side. But that was a tight end, right? I'm just saying yeah, something wrong I, with the right side. <laughs> it, it always is. And whatever you have, you know, right. you go from Joe Staley, right. Trent Williams. <laughs> you, you, yeah, it ain't right. There we go. But, yeah, you go Joe Staley, Trent Williams. You're having, like, two, you know, Hall of Fame-worthy players. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Joe Staley's going to get in, but, man, that dude was incredible. And so it's rough, but I don't want Purdy out there if he's not going to be protected. And so if you're pulling certain guys, I want Purdy to mirror that as well. Um, I treat this like the third preseason game. That's my philosophy. I'm telling the offense, look, we're going to go out there. You give me three scoring possessions. We're done in the, after the first quarter, you, you know, you, you're giving them something or the plan is to play the half. You score three on three possessions. Then we'll pull you guys something along those lines. But then even then you only have eight offensive linemen. You can only pull three. Right. Exactly. So, so you're going to have starters out there regardless. Yeah, you are. And what's up, Snoopy? I appreciate you, man. You're the best of all of us, man. 
Yeah, man. Snoopy, shout out him. He said, man, this is hard to watch all three of your channels at one time. We we appreciate that dedication hopping from each channel to, to watch this video. Uh, you're a real one. Snoopy. MVP. MVP. You gotta use you gotta use the third eye, like the uh, wherever that is, but you gotta use your third eye. <laughs> Let's put it out there. Deep, deep. Um, Ronnie Montoya asked, does Drake Jackson get any snaps this week? Unfortunately, he will not. He is on injured reserve, so he definitely won't be getting any snaps this week. Um, But, you know, I I think there's a a few reasons why some players would want to play this game besides some of the reasons we already mentioned. Another one would be, you know, some players have incentives tied to their contracts right and Debo Samuel for example if he reaches a thousand yards I'm pretty sure like he gets a bit of an incentive uh by reaching that and so you know players have their own reasons for wanting to go out there and and play this game uh so we, we did mention Fred earlier and what he said on KMBR but he also uh on his podcast, the Warner House, one with his wife, uh, he had to say this. I want to share this. I like this clip. I to, yes, I'm pretty sure I was playing. Um, first of all, if they're physically able. First of all, yeah, they're physically able, of course. Is Kobe chewing on the wire? Yeah. Kobe, stop. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm pretty sure we don't need two. I'm pretty sure we don't need two weeks of rest. That sounds yeah, like that sounds much. like overkill. We already secured one week of, of a buy. That's another great point. Like you got to look at it too. They already have the bye week. That's that's great. And actually, like if players were to rest this entire game, for example, some of the players who we mentioned that are not going to play this game because of injury, Christian McCaffrey, like they're looking at more like three calendar weeks without playing. So really, while it looks like two games. It's actually three weeks for your body um, and without playing and possibly without, well, they'll, I'm sure they'll practice too, but, you know, it's a little different on, on your body and how your body might react to that. So Fred has a good point. Like it might be a little overkill to completely rest guys. And so I think if they play this game, I'm starting to feel like it's not too bad of a thing. Yeah. Like, look, I'm a big my philosophy is let the players play and start plucking them out one by one at some point of time during the game because you want your body to continue to go through the physical contact of football. Uh, this is when you get to – no one's talking about this, but when you get too much rest, um, you know, that's when those freak injuries mm-hmm. tend to happen, right? And so I know no one wants to hear the injury word, and that's fine. That's fair. But um, that's kind of when just weird things start to happen. And so, look, they need to continue to be on the same uh, mindset, the same type of schedule. So when Kyle Shanahan came out and said that we were going to practice hard, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think that's how we said it. Like, that's what you want to hear. Right. And so when the players started reiterating that, that's what you want to hear, because how you practice typically is how you're going to play out there on the football field. Now, the Niners earned a week off. But they're not there yet. Okay? Now, yeah. look, it, it's I, I know none of this stuff has playoff indications and anything like that. But, you know, and things can happen, and I and I understand that. Uh, but, you, you, you know, you don't be too precautious about things. You go out there with your game plan, and you, you go out there with the mindset to execute, and you go out there with the mindset to win. And if the 49ers handle their business like they should and take care of the Rams early – 
then it's and then you can start your rest week a little bit early. It's like going to work and your boss is just like, oh, y'all did such a great job. I know we got the next week off, but show it. Y'all get to go home early. Like that can be there. That's when it can start. But let that be on Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, and Kyle don't want to rest ever. I, I mean, you look at whatever <laughs> he's up in the fourth quarter, he's still giving the ball to CFC. Like, he just does not buy into that philosophy. Like, it's just keep going. And then, you know, you look at the college football, like, playoff. Those teams rest a month, a full month before they play their game. And so it's not like and most of these guys have been through those types of things. So get out there, play, get better. And I love that everybody, again, hard practices, we can still get better. We're still not at our best football. So I love to see those things. Yeah, shout out to Peachy for the donation. And sorry, Wayne, to cover your face to to show this comment. That's a big clip right there. It's a big comment here. But she says, salute to the three goats. It's the regular season finale, y'all. Let's make sure we have our whole team ready to dominate through the playoffs. Looks like my preseason, three to four. At worst, 12 to five just might happen. Faithful to the Bay of BB. Thank you. Thank you for the contribution. Well, John. For sure. You know, well, Steph, John and I, you know, next season we have to do this as a triple. But John and I, at the beginning of the year, did our season predictions, and mm-hmm. it was pretty. Co- it's pretty cool to go back and rewatch like how we predicted the uh, the season to go. So John finished twelve and five, and I finished thirteen and four. But I don't think any of us knew how this scenario was gonna. Fa- I don't think we knew we were gonna clinch the first seed before the season ended. And typically this is something new for the Niners because even in 2019, it took that last game for them to clinch, remember? And so, you know, John, good luck. You might, you might win, even though I, I would, could see this loss already. My friend. I know, I, like I, you I know you just going <laughs> to win that. I just don't like losing period. <laughs> Same. Period. Same. Yeah, well, I I remember I think I had like two different predictions for this season because, you know, like early in the season, we didn't really know how Brock was going to do or like, you know, what he was even going to play like. Exactly. So I kind of had to I I cheated and, and came up with two different predictions. I think it was like. Well, I'm trying to remember, was it like 11 and five? Is that mathematically? Accurate if 11 5 11, 11, 11 6 11 6 and mm-hmm. then the other one I think was 12 and 5 12 and 5 yep yeah. the Vegas oh. over under was 10 and a half games and so if you bet that you got paid a couple weeks ago which is nice uh, but I think that was easy money but I don't know I mean some people were 17 and 0 so <laughs> yeah see that's that's crazy but I, I, I there she is I see her I see you Jax <laughs> Um, but yeah so this game will have a little bit of a preseason game vibe to it you know maybe like a a glorified dress rehearsal uh 49ers by the way can help kick the rams back to the seventh seed currently the rams sit at the sixth um with a loss which would have them playing the cowboys in the wild card round or otherwise if they stay the sixth, they would be playing the lions um, and so those are the only two possible outcomes for the Rams in this game. Um, and I only mention that because I see a lot of people saying, like, you can't just let the Rams win. Well, you know, the 49ers aren't going to just let the Rams win. Just like even in the preseason games, you don't just let your opponent win. So I just want to, you know, point that out. Division and, opponent. Like, they hate exactly. each other. They, they want to sweep them. They want to sweep yes. the division. 
So I think that'll be on their minds. I don't think anyone is letting anyone win. I just got to get that out there. But a couple weeks ago, guys, we were talking about this week 18 game being a must win, like we said, and uh, we hated the thought that this that one possibly being a must win because the Rams are playing some pretty good football right now. Do you guys see a scenario in which the 49ers could wind up facing this Rams team anyway in the playoffs? And basically what I'm saying, what I'm asking is, could they win in the wild card round against the Cowboys or the Lions? It's a great question, right? And that's why for me, you come out in week 18 and and you win. Because once you 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 have that mindset of dominating and owning this team, and you don't want to you don't want that to snap or break, right? And so, like, let me let me ask you this, guys. This this question is not hypothetical, but it it's an if question because, like, and when we go back to that, uh, what is it, twenty twenty one, when we had to play them in the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. what happened? Our team literally started to like be plucked out one by one due to injuries blah 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 we had to play our behinds off the whole season we get there we beat the rams at the end of the year to get into the playoffs then we go into playoffs and we got to face them for a third time and they end up become they end up being victorious they close it out they win the game right and so like that's what the rams are gonna hold over their head that's the little carrot that they're dangling and so they're not gonna want to go out here and lose this game in week 18 either because they want to snap a a a a nine game win streak because if kyle shanahan and the niners win it will be 10 games right they want to snap that sean i know sean McVay does and i know it would juvenate and rejuvenate and juice up the players so they're going to come out and play hard and so this is not a get down or lay down game so for the niners my whole thing is continue dominating the mindset and owning and having mind control over sean McVay. because if jimmy garoppolo didn't get dinged up if you know jacquiski tart doesn't drop the interception we're talking about a different scenario and the 49ers are playing, you know, in that Super Bowl, right? Or whatever that game was. I can't remember if it was divisional round or championship game. But all I'm saying is they had an opportunity to win and they couldn't close out. This team is way different. They have a competent quarterback. They have a much better quarterback. I don't see the scenario going that way, even if all the same situations happen. I don't see our safeties dropping interceptions. I don't see – I just don't see those things happening this particular game. So continue to have that mindset. Go out there and dominate. Win. Week 18, and then if you see them in the playoffs, because there's a possibility. There's yep. a possibility they can beat Dallas, and guess who the 49ers will face in the divisional round? The Rams, if they're the seventh seed. Right now they're the sixth seed, right? And so if things don't go the 49ers' favor, you know, they, they won't see them to the, to the NFC Championship game if they continue to find a way to win out. But there's a possibility that they see the Rams. And so I personally don't want to see a team that I know three times in a row. It's just my personal thing. Uh, but it's a possibility that it can happen. But the Niners need to start week 18 and continue to own their mind. Yeah, I, I think it's huge, too, whenever you look at the 2021 playoff matchup with where we are now. We did have Christian McCaffrey. You remember that's whenever McVay did the whole 6-D line front against Garoppolo, even on the first down, and Jimmy just couldn't beat it because, you know, they loaded up. So you can't do that anymore. And we got Brock Purdy. So that's different. The Rams team's different. I'm sorry. I don't respect them. I I just don't do it. I I get McVay's great. I get Stafford is playing really, really well. They're too wide. I understand all those things. I do not respect this damn Rams team. The NFC West is garbage. It's terrible. 
It is by far the worst conference this year. AFC's got four or five teams that I think would be the two seed if they were in the NFC. Like the Rams, I get it. They're nine and seven. But you look at the wins and you look at the teams they're playing against. I just do not have any type of respect for this team whatsoever. And maybe I should, but I really, I would love to play these guys. You got to play somebody. You got to play somebody. There's other teams I would prefer to play, but if you tell me right now we're playing the Rams in the divisional round and it's hosted in Santa Clara, the 49ers are going to be nine and a half point favorites. Uh, maybe more. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And the Rams got to fight. They're they're going to have to fight for their lives against the Cowboys team or a Lions team, which again those aren't very good teams either. Eh, bring it on, man. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Let's go. Like. Debo will freaking bounce their house out of the playoffs with ease. Yeah, he, he could even McCaffrey. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I like those answers because I think it perfectly encapsulates like what the two different sides of 49ers fandom feel about the Rams right now. It's like, Oh, like, I don't know why everyone's so worried about the Rams. Like the they Giants stuck, almost wait. beat them. They, and then, yeah, but they almost beat the Ravens. So, like, again, that just yeah. tells you it's a week-to-week league, and they're capable, at least, of, you know, doing some interesting things. So I think that's that's my point. But at the same time, like, I know, you know, a lot of people feel the same way about not respecting them, and they're not worried about them. Peter King joined uh, 95-7 the game yesterday, and he was asked which NFC team poses a threat to the 49ers, what he thinks. Um, he said Detroit and the Rams. The 49ers are better than L.A., but the coaches know each other inside and out. The other team is Detroit for fear of the unknown and their weaponry. I, that makes a lot of sense, though. Like a team that knows you like the back of their hand and then a team that you don't really know at all. Like that, that makes sense why – those are like the two teams you wouldn't really want to face. You're not so sure. The 49ers have beat every other team like <laughs> that's going to the playoffs. So there's no reason to be worried about those. Um, but let's get back to this week 18 game. And before I do that, let me just uh, hit up this comment here. Shout out bro Montana. And for the donation, he said, everyone's get up solid this AM happy Wednesday. It's always a happy Wednesday when you start your day off with the show. Just saying, I mean, st- statistically proven, um, so, you know, make sure you guys do that. Appreciate all you guys in the comments, all you guys showing love. Um, but yeah, so assuming that on Sunday, the starters start, but they get pulled from the game early, you know, we're going to see a lot of 49ers backups get extended snaps. So who would you guys be looking forward to seeing the most? John, I know you mentioned Jason Barrett. I know some people in the comments were also mentioning some people, uh, some players they want to see. Uh, but Wayne, I'll start with you. Like, who who are you kind of looking forward to seeing in this one? Uh, I'm going to go with a couple of rookies, right? So offensively, um, I, I would like to see more Ronnie Bell as a wide receiver. Um, I, I would like to see him, uh, you know, kind of like line up and replace, um, you know, Brandon Ayuk, which has kind of been his spot uh, all season long. They, they definitely tried him out in the slot. Uh, I don't think he's much of a slot receiver as of yet. I'm not saying he can't, you know, kind of like turn into that. But I want to see him go out there. I want to see him see see how well he can try to take the top off the defense and, and stretch the field down the field. He doesn't have that, uh, you know, ludicrous speed as a wide receiver, but I don't think it's needed. Uh, neither does Brandon Ayuk. It's his ability to be able to get open. So let's test him out a little bit. 
uh, and see if we can utilize him in some screens and, and things like that and find ways to get him utilized. And on the defensive side, I'm going to go with another rookie in Darrell Luter Jr. I want to see him line up on the outside and just see how well and how physical he plays football. I, I will be expecting a few flags uh, and and that that's expected, right? That's how he left college. That's how he played in the Senior Bowl. But you know what he didn't give up? A catch. So I kind of I kind of want to see him play. Uh, you know, see how physical he is, and and you could test his health as well out there. And you could kind of do that with these young players, right? Because you're not really expecting much from them in the bigger game. So let them go out there and play some football. So if I had to pick an offensive guy, it'd be Ronnie Bell as a wide receiver. Uh, defensive guy Darrell Luter Jr. Uh, on defense. Yeah, I'll go with two rookies too, one on each side. Braden Willis, you know, one of my favorite prospects that we got in the seventh round. I had him rated higher than Cameron Lawtu, who they got in the third round. He's been great on special teams. He's been consistent and he's very, very physical. He's only got some mop up duty and, you know, Whenever you go in for the last five plays of the game and they're all run plays and then you kneel the ball out, you don't get to see the full, you know, arsenal that he brings. I want to see these guys and Sam Darnold out there throwing routes and running concepts and all that stuff. Like that's where we're going to get that evaluation that's going to be a full game, you know, very similar to preseason where it's pass play. It's not just run plays, milk the clock. On the defensive side, um, the linebackers are fun. D winners, Jalen Graham, but I want to see Robert Bill Jr. I want to see Robert Bill Jr. Like, I want to see him coming off the edge. And, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about this, Michael. You talked about uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, who we just signed. Yes, he did play. I think he got 11 defensive snaps. Mm -hmm. This is another one, very similar to Verrett. You know, he's a veteran, but he's never played in a 4-3, ever. He's been a 3-4 only defensive uh, tackle his whole career. And so this is a transition because you're not two gapping players. You're playing – you got to maintain your gap and win your thing, which you don't do that in a 3-4. You just be wild and go wherever the hell you want to do. So I want Sebastian Joseph Day. I want to see what he's going to do. I want him to get 30 snaps. Let's see what you can handle there, big dog, because the talent's there, but it's just a different – it's like writing in cursive with your left hand. It's just eh, – it's a little weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> that's a good that's a great analogy but yeah Sebastian Joseph Day would be my pick for player that I'm I think I'm most looking forward to seeing on Sunday because I want to see how he's going to help this team out on the interior even if Eric Armstead does return for the playoffs and I I do expect that he will same you know they're going to want to keep him fresh and Sebastian Joseph Day is part of that and so we hope that he's going to be just as effective. I think this is a great game to get him ramped up against his, his former team, no less. Yeah, the the Los Angeles Rams. So that should be a, a good one for him. Kyle Shanahan said he was impressed uh, with his 11 snaps, you know, in, in last week's game. So we'll see a little bit more and we'll kind of see what we have with him. Another one that I'd mention is Logan Ryan. I know Logan Ryan played yesterday too, and Logan Ryan's going to start again in this game because Jair Brown is going to be out. So I'm excited to see him because, again, veteran, another guy who I think the 49ers would be tempted to give extra snaps, even if Jair Brown is back, I I dare say. Because the reason I say that is because, I, one, I think the 49ers have seen enough out of Jair Brown that I think they – they like him. They know he has some good stuff. He's made of the right stuff. But Logan Ryan, I think, because he's a veteran, because he's been in the league as long as he has, because he has that, like, Super Bowl ex 
Super Bowl team experience. I think they'll be kind of tempted to go the route of experience for I, I don't know. That's that's just it, I would be shocked it's either. Gotta have in my head they've done that in the past. They've done that in the past where they kind of lean towards a veteran um, over the you know young rookie or just young inexperienced player, even if they have been playing good. So if Logan Ryan will look good in this game, I think that'll make things interesting for them. It'll give the team options going forward. So that's one I'm going to be paying attention to. But a lot of you in the comments have some good ones. I see uh, D Winters. I see, uh, you know, Mitchell, Jordan Mason. Everyone wants, everyone wants to see more Jordan Mason. People mentioning Danny Gray. So Danny Gray, he's still on IR. He's in his 21-day window. Uh, so he could be activated at any point now, right? Like he, he could come back to the 53-man. Couple weeks ago, we mentioned on the show, like you guys didn't think that he would be coming back this year because that would accrue a season, basically. And that wouldn't make sense this late in the season. Um, do yeah, you do you guys backup. still feel yeah, exactly. Yeah. You guys still feel that way that it's unlikely he comes back? Yeah, I, like I, I it just doesn't look good unless there's like some type of a serious injury and even if there is the Niners have other veterans that you see throughout the week like a Chris Conley or a Willie Sneed off the practice squad or things like that so like I think for the San Francisco 49ers this is more like a a business type of a move and he'll probably continue to uh, miss the remainder of the season and I think the same thing happens to uh Drake Jackson so that's why you, you won't see these these guys and you don't need them necessarily you don't need them and so this is good because now the Niners get another year out of them and so they can still have time to develop a little bit later on so for the San Francisco 49ers I don't think we'll get any Danny Gray uh, but it's good to see that they definitely opened up his window but this might be one of those opportunities where he'll just finish the season on the IR yeah I agree with that. Yeah, If you were going to bring him back, you missed that opportunity. Now that Ray Ray is back practicing, like mm-hmm. even if you did bring Danny Gray back, is he going to return punts over Ray Ray? Is he going to get slot snaps over Juwan Jennings? Like those are the two issues that would have got him playing time, and the Niners didn't do that. So he's going to stay on ice, and we'll see him next year. I wanted to get to this comment. I missed this one earlier. Super chat from Jax. She said, I did say 17 and 0 uh, for her season prediction. Hey, that's a real one right, right there. Like that's, that's being a faithful, you know, that's She's being a faithful. Best. So <laughs> that's not a bad prediction. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of great things we're going to be keeping an eye on in this game. It's kind of a unique opportunity. You don't usually it's like the preseason is really the only time you get to see some of your reserve guys. Uh, but you know, this game late in the years is, is kind of unique to get some of those guys, some of the guys that you signed mid season, you get to see more of. So I think that could be great for the 49ers and seeing what options they have. Um, and so of course we want to see the newcomers, uh, and I, you know, personally, I want to see more Chase Young. You know, he's getting 40% less snaps than he was getting in Washington. Someone mentioned, and it's a great point, he hasn't had a bye week this year because of when he was traded to the 49ers. Um, so that's maybe that's why he's getting less snaps. Not sure. Uh, people keep telling me he's helped the entire defensive line. He's helping Nick Bosa. Well, he's only out there a fraction of the time. So if we feel that he's helping, like, shouldn't he be getting more snaps? Or is he not getting enough snaps because 
you know, the team doesn't feel like he's helping enough. Like, I, I want to ask you guys and be honest, what have been your thoughts on this trade so far? Has it met your expectations? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, you're not getting the sack numbers that you thought you would get with having these guys out there, but he's a rotational piece right now. And the Niners have been stickler on rotating defensive ends in and out. This is their formula. This is what Steve Wilkes wants, and this is what Steve Wilkes is getting. So the moment he entered this team, the Niners' defensive front got better, and it hasn't gotten worse. And so, yeah, he's been a big help uh, as far as what he's able to do out there. Now, look, for Chase Young, if, there, if, if a couple of things could have just gone his way, his numbers would be up. I don't think this has anything to do with him being tired, but I think it's it's by design that he's getting the snaps for the rotation that he's getting. And this is good because you still have other players, your Cleveland Pharaohs, those guys, they still need those rotative snaps. The more fresh you are in the playoffs, the better your defensive front is going to be. Now, the Niners, you've got to remember, they've played a lot of mobile quarterbacks this season, which means it had to be a lot of discipline, contained, edge style of football from the defensive ends. And we've seen that we've got that. We gave up a couple explosive here or there. So those sacks, those numbers, those things, that the, the predictivity is going to come. But I think right now, him changing teams mid-season, learning a whole different type of fight. It's not, hey, yo, go in there and sack the quarterback. That would be a role you would give to a guy like a Robert Beal on a third and 16. Listen, you got one job, get to the quarterback. No, you're asking Chase Young to do a couple of things, contain the edge, find ways to make sure these quarterbacks don't get outside. And so, look. I think he's been a breath of fresh air for the 49ers defensive front. And we've seen, um, you know, just the line itself just be better with him being there. So I think in the in, in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, once we get to the playoffs, uh, I think everything will continue to stay the same. I think the rotation numbers, it'll stay the same because you just want it to be fresh. I keep going back to that 2007 Giants defensive front. And then you might not have knew any of those rotational pieces until a couple of years later when they became starters. But you want to know why they was whipping Tom Brady's tail? It was because he had a different guy, like literally getting pressure to him uh, at, you know, and he didn't know who was coming at him for what side. So I like what the Niners are doing with his snap and his rotation. I don't think it has anything to do with his ability. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last two games, he's gotten more snaps than the starter, Cleveland Farrell, in back-to-back weeks. So the rotation there is basically like, okay, we've got these two guys opposite of Bosa, and we're just going to have them play the entire game and rotate them in and out. It's a two-man rotation. Sometimes you sprinkle a little bit of Randy Gregory in, but he's usually coming in to spell Bosa whenever Bosa does get a break. So, you know, as far as impact, is this dude – you know, living it up, a defensive player of the year caliber. No, but what did you give up for him? You gave up pick 100. Like, pick 100, the end of the end of the third round. That's what we spent on Cameron Latu. Like, so you put that into perspective. You know, I was looking before the show. um, I looked on Spotrack for, like, what his contract, his value is. It's dropped. When we first got him and he had a couple good games, it was like up around that $20 million range. It's down to just over $14 million. 
uh, for a projected contract per year. So he's playing fine. He's doing exactly what we need him to do. It's not like he's all world anything or like that, but he is a solid rotational starter that gets 30 snaps a game and does his job and makes everybody else around him better. He's a glue guy. Now, is he all out effort all the time? No, he never was. That's not who he is. That's not who he is. And hopefully that'll catch up a little bit. That's Cleveland Farrell's game. And so that's why whenever it's a screenplay and Cleveland Farrell's out there, we usually stop it. When it's a screenplay and you see 92 out there, ah, it's going to be a little rough because he's not turning and running it down like, you know, 94 is, who's all out effort all the time. So I like him. It's lived up. Wonderful trade. Even if he doesn't play anymore, it was worth it. But, you know, and I saw a comment out there about, like, I remember people saying keep Chase over Ayuk. Yeah, I'm not. I was never a part of that crowd. I'll never be a part <laughs> of that crowd. I want to keep both, it's and I crazy. think there is a realistic option to do so, but not at the expense of Brandon Ayuk personally. Um, so Chase has been great. He hasn't been Ayuk great, but he's been great. I agree. I mean, I I think uh, there's some. Maybe my expectations were too high on Chase Young, and maybe I didn't know what the plan was for him, you know, coming into it. But the 49ers had all also traded for Randy Gregory, who is also getting snaps. So they have a you know solid rotation going right now with a lot of guys. You mentioned Clinton Farrell, uh, you know, getting even less snaps the last two weeks, uh, and Chase Young getting a little bit more. So I think they just like to pick their spots. They like certain matchups, certain situations where you know, they, they feel like one guy fits over the other. Um, but I, at the same time, I feel like people are like maybe over-exaggerating his impact a little bit. Like I still see people saying like he needs to be extended. I don't know if I've seen enough to, to make that case quite yet. Uh, I'd offer him a one-year deal. I'd do a one-year deal. I agree with it John. It depends on the price. It depends on the price. I mean, John, like what you said, uh, that his value is going down. I mean – Sure, it's not a bad thing, but I just again, uh, this could be this can be the 49ers design, right? You win a championship, you bring Chase Young in here, his value has dropped. Niners offer him a one year deal, kind of one of those offers that he can't refuse. If the value is going down, he might get multi year offers from other teams. But Chase Young might be like, you know what, I'll bet it. We see players do this all the time. Give me that one year deal, I'll bet all in on myself, and then. Get your numbers up. I guarantee you in, in another year, if he was stayed with this team, depending on what the number is for that one-year deal, I guarantee you you'll see him get more snaps, more things like that, and more of a role, right? And we know the Niners do a lot of incentive-based contracts, and so this is this is the type of stuff that you want um, from the you know front office side of, of the 49ers. And for Chase Young, it will kind of be a no-brainer. I can get this as a base. I can get this, but I can make up to this, and I could get these. I like... It just sounds like 49ers written all over it. If he loves what's going on here in San Francisco, he loves the room, he loves the culture, he loves this, he loves that. I could see it being an extension of a one-year deal or maybe even a two-year deal or something like that for the San Francisco 49ers and Chase Young. But you can't sit there and take away like the intangibles on what he has brought to this team. This defense was lost. Like we we didn't know what was going on with the defense. They made a move. The front office made a move. And then all of a sudden, after the bye week, the defense was back. It was back to being dominant. So we went from starting off to being number one to being like, what's wrong with our defense? Back to being number like top defense in the league again. So like he might not put up the numbers that we expected. Oh yeah, he had five sacks with the Washington Commanders. 
sinners. And now he has, what, two sacks since then or two and a half sacks since then. I don't know why off the top of my head, but that's not why he was brought here. He was brought here to help enable the rest of the offensive line and to be what they needed him to be. He's playing a role right now, and I think he's fulfilling it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Definitely playing a role. Um, I do want to just say this and and address this comment from NBN Pineapple. When we traded for Young, our sack numbers went way up. Um, I mean, yeah, for the that, first few that games, they did. That that is accurate. I mean, but it's a little of that was after the bye week. Is you know correlation causation? I don't know. Like that, I think I, I want to do a little more digging into this one, but. You know, I, I'm just, I guess, I, I'm not being a hater. I just want to see maybe a little bit more. I, I do think the rest will very much benefit him if, in fact, like, the fact that he hasn't had a bye week is part of the reason that, you know, maybe he hasn't had the numbers that we'd like to see um, from him specifically. So, yeah, maybe in the playoffs it, it gets turned up. I'd love to see that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just – my my thought on it so far, I, I just I, I want to see more before making that decision of uh you know signing him to a contract next year. And you know, I also want to point out part of the reason the 49ers felt that it was a great move was because they would get a comp pick back if if he only played this year with the team and then he became a free agent and he went somewhere else. So that's gonna play if he into gets their that decision 14, as well. If he gets that 14 million or 15 million, that prorate to a fourth round comp pick. The following year. So you give up pick 100 in the 2024 draft and you get pick 140 in the 2025 draft. You're not even losing. You're, it's, you're like, just, yeah. it's business, right? And but yeah. and for the 49ers, it's a win-win. And so yeah, I think exactly. right now their goal is to win the Super Bowl and take care of all this other bull crap later. And he helps that. And to what Wayne said earlier, it's two and a half sacks since he's joined the 49ers. Thank you, John. Yep. Um, yeah, so one guy on the defensive line that I want to talk about that I think this team is really missing, Eric Armstead, hasn't played since week 13. In the games without Eric, uh, the 49ers have given up in week 14, 173 rushing yards, 7.5 yards per rush. In week 15, 234 uh, rushing yards allowed. That was a season high, 7.8 yards per rush. That was the same game that Javon Hargrave was out. Week 16 against the Ravens, 121 rushing yards allowed, 6.7 yards per rush. Week 17 against the Commanders, though, 62 yards and just 4.4 yards per rush. Um, but I want to ask you guys, do you feel like Eric Armstead is the glue to the run defense? Like, do you think him coming back in the playoffs is going to be the thing that you know, reinvigorates and and gets them better? Or is it rest or a little of both? Are you, or are you guys not concerned about the run defense at all? Uh, that's me. Uh, and I know I probably should be when you look at numbers and statistics and things like that. But I just feel like the 49ers run defense is what it is. And it's been better. It's gotten better. It started off great. It went through a spurt. Uh, they really struggle with the power runs and things like that. Um, as far as them getting into getting to the outside, it just it, Eric Armstead being back does help in in all facets facets of the defense, whether it's the the, the pass rush or run stopping. Just the simple fact because he just knows 
football, right? He knows what he needs to do. He knows who he needs to soak up on that offensive line so that his linebackers are able to fill those gaps. Like, that's what you get when you get Eric Armstead back. And then when he lines up outside, he's great at containing the edge, right? And so he's definitely a key factor. But I I look at the teams that you're going to possibly have to play in the playoffs from the NFC, from the AFC. I don't see a lot of power backs that they have to necessarily deal with, which is the run and tear on that defensive front. It's more of those guys that like to get to the outside. They run up the middle, don't get it twisted. Uh, but my issue isn't really the run defense. My issue is the the pass defense defending the plays like the, the running back screens. So I think that's where Eric Armstead comes in, and that's why he's missing, and that's what we need out there. Yeah, I, I'm well. One uh, to start with your question. I'm not worried about the 49ers' run defense at all. I think one of the best performances we had was against the Ravens when you allowed 102 rush yards combined, and 45 of those were on one scramble that was a pass play and whatever else. Like they shut down the best running team in the NFL throughout the majority of the game. Only 60, you know, planned rushing yards. That's damn good. And so, whenever you bring back Armstead. He's the blueprint. You look at the past two-year playoff runs, he was our best defender. He had the best uh, – him against the Cowboys in the playoffs is like must-see TV, which is crazy because he's going against Zach Martin, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame every play, and he's whipping his ass. Like, that. nobody does that. Like, if you ask Zach Martin, like, who's the toughest player you played against, he'll probably say, like, Eric Dahl or whatever else. But who's played better against him than any other player? Man, it has consistently been Eric Armstead. He shows up when the lights are on. He was a part. Mm-hmm. He's the oldest tenure niner. He was a part of 2019. He was a part of that Super Bowl run, and he knows what it's like to lose. This dude gets it. You talk about, like, guys like Trent Williams. Before he joined the Niners, he never won anything. Armstead's been here. Armstead is the guy. And so I think that this means more to him than anybody. And I think that this bye week and, you know, we talked about week 18. This is the most important for him than it is anybody. And I don't want to see him back yet. I want him ready to go for the freaking playoffs. And you're going to figure it out in practice. I can't wait. Armstead's going to make everybody better. Everybody, including Fred Warner, who's still been playing great. But he just changes everything up. He changes everything. I think so too. And as some people said in the comments, like Eric allows Fred to play freely. Right. And, and I think they kind of benefit each other. They work off of each other, man. That's a guy that this defense I think misses, but at the same time, I think they've been, you know, treading water without him. Like the, I think there's been a bit of an overreaction on the defense and how they've been performing. Like a lot of, I saw a lot of comments at you know a halftime of last week's game and even at the end oh like this defense is is going to be a problem for the 49ers in the playoffs like just yeah i know it's like man they gave up two they gave up points right but off of two explosive plays let let me remind everybody that it was a fresh brian robinson he ain't played football in two weeks he is a ground and pound guy power runner Okay, and they gave up the first explosive play for 12 yards. I get it. A couple missed tackles in there, maybe one. Right. And then the screen was which is a pass play. And that's what it was. They netted 10 points off of all of that. That was the result. 
And I know everybody was panicking. I was more concerned about the damn 49ers offense only being able to put up 13 points. That it, The issue is the offense for me. It, it always is the offense. When the offense doesn't come out there and execute properly, and it, just, it seems like they miss out on opportunities, you can't get to the red, red zone six times in a game and only get three scores out of it. Like, that's it. You don't do that. You got to be consistent in the red zone. And when you're the number one team in the red zone, like that's a problem. That to me is more of the issue and why the defense does tend to give up big plays. The defense has been giving up explosive plays all season. I've been writing about it. People don't read. They, they got to read what we're writing about. They keep giving up explosive plays. Why do you think every week a key to victory is Find a way to limit the explosives. Why? Because it gives the other team just juju. Like, just, it gives them grace. It gives them something to, oh, we just got an explosive play on this defense. And every time they do that, what does the defense end up giving up? Points. They got to limit those. So that's going to happen every game and every, my issue with the 49ers isn't necessarily the defense. I do think Eric Armstead being back helps the defense tremendously. He's like the key to defense as Debo Samuel is the key on the offense. Like he's the key. He's the, you, you turn the key and everything just happens to work. That's Eric Armstead. They've been missing that key for a long time. The defense still has been great. They've been playing number one defensive football. You can say it's the Ravens fine, but at the end of the day, uh, when Eric Armstead comes back healthy, we all know we're going to see a different defense. Now the question is, will it take him a second to kind of get like reiterated back into 49er football shape since he hasn't played in a long time? So you still may see an explosive play here or there. Yeah, and you know the one thing I do want to add that I love that rant by the way that was awesome. Um, 49ers lead the NFL in points allowed in the fourth quarter. Number one, Steve Wilkes is one of the best adjustment defensive coordinators in the NFL. It just takes time. The second quarter, not our quarter. First quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. We got that in spades on defensive. Second quarter, that's where teams tend to, tend to have a lot of success against us. Uh, but you look at what Steve Wilkes has done in the second half. Best in the NFL. Even against the Ravens. They didn't score in the fourth quarter. Like, we've continually given our teams opportunities to come back. The problem is, like Wayne said, the offense lays the egg. That's where it's rough. Every loss we have. How many points has the offense scored? 17 damn points in all four losses. All four. Uh, against Ravens, we had 19, but that was a safety by the defense. So 17 offensive points. Can't do that, and I don't think we will do that, especially against the teams that you would play in the NFC. Super Bowl, that's a different story. We'll get there. We'll talk about that, but... Not too concerned about. I see somebody putting up, you know, thoughts and prayers for the Eagles. We got an Eagles <laughs> fan in the chat. Like that's exactly correct. And there's every single team in the I NFC besides that. the 49ers. They they gonna need some supernatural help to uh, get accomplished what they want to get. That's get. my dog, Filthy, right there, man. Filthy has been uh, a, a supporter all season long, um, and and you know it's cool. It's cool to have the ops. Yeah here yeah. in the chat uh but he's not just an op op he's like one of the cool ops there are and some so, cool eagles fans there's not right. many but the, when they're cool they're really cool and i i like the avi i will say that one super bowl trophy looks lonely uh it's gonna be a while till he gets a buddy john but you ain't shit that's I'm just funny saying, that was I'm funny just he just that looks lonely funny. down there oh man yeah I mean, shout out Filthy. Yeah, he could have said anything in this chat, but he he asked He's been for one of thoughts the cool and prayers for his team instead. So you know, we're, sure. We'll, but see, we'll you know you how hard it is, though, Steph and John, to 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 realize or to accept that things are wrong. Like, yeah. and that, and oh, yeah. and for him to say I, that, 
like that's dope because I guarantee you he might be the only one or one of the rare that really seen something wrong. Cause I've all morning, what am I listening to? AJ Brown being a cancer in the locker room. This is going, I'm like, really? That's what's going on. Like, really? That's really, we don't see it. Cause we don't really care until we play yeah. them, but it's real out there. It's real. And, and no, that's crazy. Cause like, I am starting to see it on my timeline. That's how bad it's kind of gotten Dang. with them. And, and I'm, I'm seeing people saying Sirianni might be on the hot seat. Like that's crazy. Get but. his ass out of there. He shouldn't even be coaching. <laughs> you inherit everything and you win. Cool. Now find a way to win through the adversity. Don't think he's the guy for the job. It's my thing. Yeah, we'll we'll see uh, how things shake out for the Eagles. We'll also see how things shake out for the 49ers on Sunday. Excited to see some of uh, some of the reserve players getting some time, some opportunity. Love that for them this late in the season. That's incredible. Um, but make sure you guys like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Not just my channel, not just John's channel, not just uh, Wayne's channel, but all of our channels. Uh, we really appreciate the love. We appreciate all you guys that have been in the comments. Um, and for the audio listeners, you know, make sure you follow the podcast as well and uh, leave a nice rating or review if you can. But for now, folks, have a good rest of your Wednesday. Peace.